the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this autumn Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon, new this week, recorded October 15th, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. My life flows on an endless song throughout earth's lamentations. I hear the clear though far off hymn that hails a new creation. No storm can break my inmost calm when to that rock I'm clinging. If love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Beloved, in this moment of pause and prayer of confession, we cleanse our hearts by the grace and pardon of God to be sure that the lesser loyalties do not occlude or eclipse the one great loyalty, thou lover of God in Christ by spirit. If love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? As the choir guides us, may we pray. hear good news as Mr. John Wesley, out of whose Methodist movement was born Boston University in 1839, asked directly and singly of those in ministry with him, do you know God to be a pardoning God? God, a pardoning, forgiving, loving, gracious God. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
sing Psalm 99 with the antiphon. The Lord is king. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord. Mighty king, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord, or God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is the Lord. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O Lord, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. Surely the Lord our God is holy. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord, according to St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin you used for tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain and back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman on his beat and dropped my eyes, unwilling to explain. I have stood still and stopped the sound of feet when far away an interrupted cry came over houses from another street, but not to call me back or say goodbye, 
and further still at an unearthly height, one luminary clock against the sky proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right. I have been one acquainted with the night, Robert Frost. We too are acquainted with the night and walk together in the rain. Hear gospel this Lord's day, the good news from liberal gifts of faith. There is a liberal gift of faith in the exercise of study, of sacred study, of exegesis, the careful study of Holy Scripture, the historical and critical study of Holy Writ as practiced from this pulpit over 70 years is a pathway to insight, interpretation, application, and sermon. So today, render to God the things that are God's, God the elusive presence. Samuel Terrian taught many the adventure of this labor years ago, the search for the divine, for God, an elusive but real presence, not in nature, but in history and in history through human beings, a presence that does not alter nature but changes history through the character of women and men. A walking God, not a sitting God. A walking God, not a sitting God. Nobatic, hidden, free. Known intent, not temple. By ear, not eye. In name, not glory. In a spiritual interiority, yours. Through a commission by command that translates the love of God into behavior in society, demythologizing space for the sake of time. So today, render to God the things that are God's, God the elusive presence. We are left to wonder in conscience about the things that are God's. What are they? We are not told. There is no live interview from the heavenly conference room. There is no point-by-point bulletin with details promised at 11. There is no footnote or explanatory second conversation. We are left on our own by our Lord to wonder in conscience about the things that are God's. And we are given a fair and good amount of freedom in doing so. In conscience, do you wonder about the things that are God's? Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Give to God the things that are God's. In the Gospel of Thomas, 110 AD, a bit yet later than Matthew, 85 AD, who is a bit yet later than Mark, 70 AD, who is a good bit later than whatever Jesus might actually have said, 30 AD, the Lord adds, and give to me the things that are mine. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give to God what belongs to God, and give to me what is mine. Dear St. Matthew, true to form, intensifies the bitterness of Jesus toward Pharisees, of church toward synagogue, of Christian to Jew. He hikes up and trap Mark to entangle. He is aware of their malice. To the question, why put me to the test, he adds for good measure, you hypocrites. His Jesus demands not just a coin, but all the money for the tax. Through the year from this pulpit, we have tried continuously to trace the moves Matthew makes in 85 AD away from what Mark, his source, has written in 70 AD. 
Mostly, we want to be crystal clear about the way the announcement of the gospel changes with the setting, changes with the occasion, changes with the time and season and year. New occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth. One must upward still and onward who would keep abreast of truth. The standard reading of the passage is that the Herodians, supporters of Herod, who is the Simon Legree of Rome in the cotton fields of Palestine, would want the tax paid to Caesar, whereas the Pharisees, the French resistance of Palestine against the Third Reich of Rome, would want resistance to payment of the tax, and Jesus is caught. If he agrees with the Herodians, the people will kill him. If he agrees with the Pharisees, the Romans will kill him. And then the response, with no real doubt of its authenticity, render to Caesar and to God. Render to God the things that are God's. Two things fill the mind with ever-increasing wonder and awe, the starry heavens above and the moral law within, wrote the German philosopher Immanuel Kant at the end of his critique of practical reason, 1788. And these words were inscribed on his tombstone. We are left to wonder in conscience about the things that are God's. What are they? Are they wonder and conscience? The starry heavens above and the moral law within, wonder and conscience, wonder and conscience, spirit and soul. There is a liberal gift of faith in the exercise of study. There is a liberal gift of faith in institutions for the love of God and country both. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. So here again in chapter 22, 15 is Matthew being Matthew. He is looking at institutional life, political and religious, governmental and ecclesiastical, all 2,000 years before our own similar challenges today. In Matthew 22, we hear what we perhaps most need to hear in America in October in 2020 in the midst of political contest, even political mayhem. Institutions matter. Institutions matter. We are broadly or dimly aware year by year that institutions matter, but see so most sharply when they collapse. In 2017, when the institution of shared truth collapses under the weight of Oval Office falsehoods, six lies a day, or when the last Planned Parenthood in Iowa is closed, or when a Boy Scout jamboree becomes a prop for perversity and mendacity, or when promises to the transgender military are broken, or when Heather Heyer dies as a claim to goodness on all sides is made, or when an Alabama senator calls homosexuality a crime against nature, or when a tax cut gives 1% of the taxpayers 50% of the reduction, or when the mayor of San Juan is laughed at for saying, we are dying, or when the US president lies to the prime minister of Canada and brags about it. We are broadly or dimly aware year by year that institutions matter, but see so most sharply when they collapse. In 2018, when the government summarily designs to deport 200,000 Salvadorans, 
or when countries of color are described with expletives, or when what is true shrinks to what the leader says is true, or when an assault on memory comes with every new wave of every new week of every new absurdity and atrocity, or when one competent staff individual after competent staff individual is humiliated and fired, or when the press is called steadily the enemy of the people, all this linguistic, verbal, rhetorical chaos is stealing from you your daily happiness. John Wesley taught to the contrary that we are meant to be people happy in God. We are broadly or dimly aware year by year that institutions matter, but see so most sharply when they collapse. In 2019, when we can no longer willingly and readily tell a decent person from a scoundrel, or when we have forgotten the Marine slogan, leadership is example, period, or when a self-sacrificial POW become veteran senator is mocked in life and death, or when the leader's gut is superior to anyone else's brain, or when hard-won peace by containment agreements are wrecked. We are broadly or dimly aware year by year that institutions matter, but see so most sharply when they collapse. Or in 2020, when the power of office is used for threat, and so impeachment becomes necessary, and then when a global pandemic crisis belittled becomes a national healthcare tragedy betrayed, crisis become tragedy, and when leadership needed becomes evasion practiced, and when the hard-won levels of trust and the painstaking pursuit of truth trust and truth and right perfection wrongfully disgraced and strength by limping sway dislodged, and when even the franchise, the vote, the basis of all else becomes a bargaining chip, well, when institutions collapse or are corroded, we are more awake to their necessary, crucial importance. We are broadly or dimly aware year by year that institutions matter, but see so most sharply when they collapse. As we mortally and tragically are today, institutions, particularly those of civil society, really matter. Volunteerism in a free society is not a luxury, but a necessity. For the Christian, for the citizen in a free republic, faith involves intelligent and conscientious participation in politics, so that God's will may be done as fully as possible. And just in time, Marilyn Robinson reminds us, this country would do itself a world of good by restoring a sense of the dignity, even the beauty of individual ethicalism, of self-restraint, of courtesy. These things might help us to like one another, even trust one another, both necessary to a functioning democracy. As a liberal, I am loyal to this country in ways that make me a pragmatist. If someone is hungry, feed him. He will be thirsty, so be sure that he has good water to drink. If he is in prison, don't abuse, abandon, or exploit him, or assume that he ought to be there. And if these problems afflict whole populations, those with influence or authority should repent and do better as all the prophets tell them. 
There is a liberal gift of faith in institutions for the love of God and country both. There is a liberal gift of faith in respect of and for community given through these institutions that shape community. Community matters, so give up your life and breath, till gardens you will never harvest, build schools in which you will never study, construct churches in which you will never worship, and listen, listen to the voices that emerge in communal conversation, particularly, particularly those tart and salty. Listen, not for agreement, but for contrast to Thucydides' doer dicta, all moralistic ideals are meaningless postures of powerless victims. The powerful exact what they can and the weak grant what they must. Listen to a modern Thucydides. Excess population competition for resources and random variation with its attendant differential success in reproduction constitute natural selection yielding elaborate adaptations. Yes, life is about evolution and evolution is about change, but healthy evolution and change require faith and hope. I fear what this time of fear is doing to my grandchildren, to their imaginations, and to their souls. Listen to Peter Weiner saying with harrowing accuracy, many find it too psychologically painful to admit that the person they supported is deeply corrupt, pathologically dishonest, and brutish. Listen to Andrew Basevich, January 20th, 2020 in Cambridge, Massachusetts, a gracious evening of rumination on hubris, common good, globalism, anger, alienation, antisemitism, the end of the Cold War, institutionalized assassination, and the need for community. I will not write off 60 million Americans, he rightly said. And he added, just last week in our local paper, a gracious full rumination on hopeful signs in our time. Listen to lives that speak, for so the faithful gift of community abides and guides us. Over some years now, one of the treasures and delights of living in Boston is the grace and care with which lives are remembered in our Boston Globe. No other paper to our memory and experience does so well, so consistently, and so personally. Those who are frontline COVID workers and victims have had right, ample remembrance here on our behalf. So too this past spring, the recollection of 108-year-old Eleanor Fosdick Downs, a Smith graduate, she met her husband in Rochester, New York, where they were both studying medicine. He died young, unexpectedly, in 1945, leaving her with two daughters. She lived a life of adventure, possibility, and abandon. She was one of the first to serve in the newly established WHO, World Health Organization. She said, be positive about all the bad things that happen, turn them around, make adventures out of them. And she said, as my 100th birthday approached, I began dropping hints that perhaps I was now ready to try an iPad. And she said, happiness for me is adventuring, especially when the outcome of that adventure is unknown or unexpected. Oh, by the way, her dad was Harry Emerson Fosdick, 
one of the greatest liberal pulpit voices. There is a liberal gift of faith in respect of and for community. There is a liberal gift of faith in the joy of discourse, of conversation. Of all our losses in the last four years, this has been the greatest. John Wesley even named conversation a means of grace. All, all of us need warm, personal, true, glad-hearted, genuine dialogue. Especially leadership needs dialogue. Leaders need dialogue. Leadership, said my friend, is disappointing people at a rate they can accept or survive or endure. Leadership is disappointing people at a rate they can handle. Liberal leadership includes saying those, saying, saying things that those of the farther or farthest left reject. If there are, there are at least three things liberals don't get, forget, and should reset, they are order, money, and liberty. Liberals can learn from conservatives about these things. For a liberal, justice is a part but not the heart of the gospel. Justice is a part but not the heart of the gospel. Equality and justice are not the same thing. Public safety on the streets matters to all. Poor, poor children of every hue need and deserve our care and health and education in protection, in nurture, and respect. Over 40 years, most of my own lasting, painful, and wrenching battles have been with those well farther to the left, and still it is so. All six Marsh Chapel deans have been variously liberal. Lib liberal, not fundamentalist, orthodox, traditionalist, or conservative. Liberal, not progressivist, successivist, anarchist, or Marxist. The liberal will pause and ask questions like, why is there so much distance between theology and ministry, theory and practice, when there is not such in medicine, dentistry, public health, hospitality, education, engineering, arts, social work, and communications? Why? There is a liberal gift of faith in the joy of discourse, of conversation. One level of discourse is that internal, soulful conversation. Let each one be convinced in her own mind, Paul wrote, about the balance between Caesar and legitimate cultural demands and God and preeminent spiritual claims. With one shout, the earliest Christians set the balance in a firm phrase, Kyrios Christos, Christ is Lord, to deny the chorus around them, Kyrios Kaiser, Caesar is Lord. There is a liberal gift of faith in the joy of discourse of conversation. Study, institution, community, dialogue, gifts of a liberal faith. Sursum corda, lift up your hearts, hear gospel this Lord's day, God walks with us in the rain. God walks with us in the rain. A walking, not a sitting God. God walks with us in the rain. I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain and back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman on his beat 
and dropped my eyes unwilling to explain. I have stood still and stopped the sound of feet when far away an interrupted cry came over houses from another street, but not to call me back or say goodbye. And further still, at an unearthly height, one luminary clock against the sky proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right. I have been one acquainted with the night. Amen. As we come together in a time of prayer, I invite you to find an attitude and posture of prayer, whether remaining seated, standing, or coming to kneel at the altar rail, as our choir leads us in our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, we know that you are with us night and morning, and we are confident that with each new day, you meet us again with your love, your strength, and your comfort. So we come before you this morning, God, and we worship you with our hearts, our minds, and our voices. We gather to listen for a word from you in scripture and in sermon but we are also grateful that the gospel comes to us not in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Whether through the hymns we sing, the prayers we speak, the movements of our bodies as we stand and sit and bow, or through the quiet of our souls, we ask in this sacred hour that the Holy Spirit would work within us to give us the power and conviction to go forth into our week. Emmanuel, we lift up those whose presence reminds us of the divine spark in every being in your creation. We call to mind those saints, the people who have taught us by precept and example how to be more like you the people who have inspired us to joy by the Holy Spirit, the people through whom we come to know your love incarnate in the world. We lift before you this morning the saints joining our community today who are making a public commitment to a life of faith lived out in this community at Marsh Chapel. May we who welcome them offer an example that is worthy of imitation. 
and give us all the wisdom, the strength, and the courage to become imitators of all the saints, so that on the great lasting day of eternity we may be counted among their communion. Holy Comforter, we pray for those who know a share of the suffering of our brothers and sisters from long ago in Thessalonica. We pray for those whose afflictions are physical, who feel the burden of illness, labor weariness, hunger, and injury. We pray for those whose afflictions are psychological, who are weighed down by loss, anxiety, humiliation, and mourning. We pray for those whose afflictions are spiritual, for those who have doubts, who worry about those who have already fallen asleep, who feel the weight of despair. We pray for communities that are in affliction, whether recovering from natural disaster, facing violence, experiencing poverty, or encountering persecution. May all who meet us know what a welcome they have in us as we and they await your Son from heaven. For all these persons, we turn to you, for you are a true and living God, and we lean upon you for comfort, healing, and peace. We pray all these things in the almighty power of God, in the strong name of Jesus and the quickening presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Almighty God, creator of the world, who fills the earth with life and beauty, we ask you to release your children from addiction and sorrow. Show us how to cherish our fleeting existence so that future generations prevail. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you 
Praise the Lord. Lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace through Christ our Lord. Amen.